Hello and welcome to UI Chat from The Interface, the monthly show talking about everything ubiquity networking. I'm your host, Alex, and as ever, I'm joined by Willie Howe. How are you doing, Willie? Good. How are you? Good, good. It's good to have you back. Um, we uh, had Evan McCann on as a guest guest host last episode. That was good fun. Good to have his insight on ubiquity. And I don't think many people have seen what he looks like, so it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, good, it's a good one to uh, have him on. So got plenty of news. And as we're recording today, on the 7th of July, we've had two new uh, releases. So we'll get into those first, actually. Um, so the AI Pro was announced today. Um, so again, bypassing all the EA store um, and going straight to the straight to public. This is the AI Professional. It's sort of a 4K version of the AI Bullet. So I'm happy they announced this because the G5 Pro and the G4 Pro don't have the license plate detection. And this is like a nice black design that sort of keeps it um, sort of stealth. So what do you think? looks pretty good. So I, I think it's fantastic that they're making advances, you know, with their camera AI and, you know, they're making all these, these changes, new models and things like that. But the one thing that I wish that they wouldn't do is specifically say that it's got license plate tracking, right? Because any camera given the software mm-hmm. can do license plate recognition in the daylight. And the difference is when the lights go out, the special IRs and things that you have to have on the camera uh, to recognize those at night. And as far as I know, this is this will not work at night. I've asked the question and I haven't seen the answer yet. I know the other cameras will not do license plates at night. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think if they're going to do LPR and we've been asking for it for years, they should come out with a specific LPR camera. Yeah. Uh, and they could call it, you know, the LPR AI and they would sell, they'd sell a million of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've noticed with the even the G4 Pro that the license plates, well, especially the ones here in the UK, are very reflective. Um, uh, uh, you just you just get a white haze over the over the number plates. So, um, right, I think that'll probably be the same based on the specs on it. But other than that, it looks good. It just looks like a G4 Pro with some extra bits on it. So we've got 4K sensor, three optical optical zoom. Um, they've got license plate people and more. Uh, they've specifically said it's a far field microphone. That's the first time we've used that naming. Um, based on what I've seen, the G4 Pro microphone, the one I've got, the microphone on it is insane. Really good quality. Um, as I said, based on what I've seen, the G5 Pro, some people aren't quite as impressed with it. So the fact that they've called it a far field microphone is quite quite interesting. So I'll have to see what that's like. It's 500 bucks, um, similar sort of price in the UK. So yeah, here's the seeing what it what it looks like. The the whole microphone thing, especially here. I don't know what your laws are, uh, where you're at with recording audio. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, here in the states, you know, any place where you have an expectation of privacy, you know, you can't do audio video. There are some places where you have to have consent to capture audio. I mean, so for us, we uh, usually just disable audio mm-hmm. to be uh, on the safe side. So it'll be interesting to see how it works and see if it ties into, you know, their speaker and maybe the, the phone. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how the ecosystem comes together. Yeah. Um, I'm not, so where I live, I live on like a, quite a reasonable size farm and we just record audio all the time. It's quite useful to, for different things. So, um, but I don't think we've got any law saying you can't record audio based on built up areas. What I've seen from people's ring doorbells, people just record audio anyway. So, Sure. I might be wrong. I don't think there's any specific laws on it. So, but yeah. The next item, this was, this item was leaked um, on the new store recently. Um, we've got a link in the show notes that there was a PDF that 
someone managed to get hold of when the store was being redesigned. This is a G4 doorbell professional PoE. Um, and this is what people have been asking for for an extremely long time. So this is basically a G4 doorbell pro with a PoE port on the back. Um, and also what I really like is a PoE chime as well. So we've got a chime that's not Wi-Fi based that you can power a PoE. So I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to make, um, you know, a lot of new construction. People are running Cat 5e, Cat 6 yep. everywhere, you know. So I personally, I would rather have my doorbell be PoE than have, you know, the separate wires and transformer and all that. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of people retrofit. In fact, I mean, I'm with you. There were so many people that asked specifically for this PoE version yep. that uh, I'm really surprised it took them this long to, to turn it out. Yeah, given given Ubiquiti's um, roots and the fact that PoE is such a big part of their business. So it's awesome because I noticed when the people installed in the original one, they were having trouble getting Wi-Fi out to the front of their house. It's not really an area that you cover that much. People have been installing separate APs for it just for the doorbell. Um, and also from a... Um, like a vulnerability point, you don't want... Particularly, you don't want security cameras on Wi-Fi, um, really because if you could, well, it's just another weak point if you've got issues. So, Well, and uh, the Ethernet is also a weak point if somebody mm-hmm. wants to pull your doorbell off. But, oh, yeah. I mean, it's all about risk-reward risk and that risk analysis. And, and um, you know, I, I'm with you. You're going to have a better quality, better yeah. better experience on the camera if it's hardwired. So uh, I, I have one of the other uh, doorbell pros. It's not out of the package. I might see if I can sell that and pick up this new one. That kit is on sale now in the US for $379, a similar sort of price in the UK. Um, but it's, as I said, it's sold together, which is interesting. And at the moment, uh, someone asks on Twitter if you can use more than one chime with it. And at the moment, that's not the case. So you can use one chime. So, well, Hopefully they fix that. Yeah, you can have a chime in each room. <laughs> so everyone knows if you've got someone at the door. Right. <laughs> UNVR 3.1.9 was released on the 12th of June, uh, and this brings stacking for the smaller UNVR. Um, I haven't had a chance to use any of this fe- these features yet, um, so the stacking between the UNVR. So at the moment, up until this release, you can only stack two pros together, and now you can stack two of the smaller ones together, but you cannot stack a small MVR and a big MVR. So. Now, can you only do two? I haven't had a chance to deploy this yet. I mean... We're heavy into another vendor, uh, you know, protect with all of its advances that it's made. We are starting to, to really utilize that again. Uh-huh. Um, but can you stack more than than two devices together or is it limited to two? From what I've read, it's only two at the moment. I can't remember where I read that information, but I think it is only two right now. Well, once you can stack an entire rack, oh yeah, then things will really change. Yeah. There were some updates recently to show, to let you move cameras between the uh, MVRs. So if you've got two stuck together you can now move them between the mvrs and you can uh you can tell which cameras on what mvr as well um so you can move move them so it's awesome they're they're really starting to bring a lot more features to things that people are asking for it's it's a good sign well and besides just being able to manage all of your cameras in one place now think about someplace where security cameras are critical and they need high availability i mean if you can move cameras i'm sure that if you have one in vr die it's going to be easy to just move the cameras to the other one and 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 there might even be a setting in there like i said i haven't had a chance to look at it yeah 
yeah, to sort of move them over if one goes off. Yeah. Some more news for more local to me. Unified Talk is coming to the UK in Q3 2023. Um, and we're actually in Q3 already. So 1st of July. So hopefully at some point in the next few months, we're going to see Unified Talk come to the UK, which is awesome. <laughs> Q3 might mean the end of Q3. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Beginning I know. of Q4. You know how that goes. I know. But uh, are, you, are you excited about it? Or, or do you know anybody who's who's using it? I mean, we've got a few customers that, you know, we don't have anything. We don't support anything over five phones on it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, for a small office that doesn't need a lot of features, it, it works okay. I don't know anyone that's using it apart from Cody. He's using it with a lot of businesses in Canada. But uh, for example, my parents' business, we moved them off um, normal standard phone line to VoIP last year, the year before. And I was waiting for this to come out. And I just thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just do, we'll just use something else. Um, so as soon as this comes out, I'll be definitely be switching them over to this because it'd be a lot easier to manage. The biggest thing for me is the call recording. So with the current cloud provider they've got, they charge you for cloud, cloud recording or call recording, for example. This, if you've just got a cloud key at home or in the office, you can just record it to the hard drive for free. So much, yep. much better. And if you pay for... Uh, if you don't use a third-party SIP provider, if you port your numbers over and you're paying the, the per-line fee, yep. you actually get a call transcription, right? So it'll take your voicemails. Uh, you get voicemail transcription, so it'll take it and turn it into text and send it to you. Yeah, pretty good. Um, as well as the UK, it's coming to Germany in Q4 2023. So that's any time from September um, till December, I think. So at the moment, they're... They've listed the unlocked and locked versions of the phones with the prices as well. Uh, and then the Unify Talk ATA is also listed. So pretty good. So I don't I don't know if you know anybody that uses the paid version of UID. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, UID, that paid version, they have their own support department and yep, a support number. And I'm wondering if, so because for us, voice is such a critical component right you need to be able to get support when there's an issue i have to wonder if they're going to fold talk into uid and be able to provide you know uh support in a in a more real-time fashion i think what might happen is that so i've used uid at my old place of work and we paid for it and i phoned up support once or twice really cool they're really fast to get back to you um i'd imagine what they'll do is like small businesses and homes They'll have Unify Talk, and then, like as you said, for businesses, the big ones, they'll have um, Unify Talk and Unif- Unify ID as part of that support stuff. I reckon they'll have to if they want to move it into big, the big leagues. Um, right. I yeah, I think so. Looking forward to that. More camera news. We've got the G5 Pro. Um, this is sort of this is part of Ubiquiti's sort of replacement of the g4 line or the sort of revampness of the g5 line a g4 line so the g5 pro is essentially a g4 pro with some extra well it's it's just less expensive um and the g5 pro line so the g5 line has extra uh it's got better night vision basically improved night vision yeah the i i think that this accessory that they have is is pretty interesting. Oh yeah. Uh, where, where we went from like this IR extender ring, which we used, we used a ton of the IR extender rings when they first came out Yeah, and, and they were decent. Um, but this, this thing, I think it's got like a floodlight or something on it, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's called the G five professional vision enhancer. Uh, it's about a hundred pounds, hundred dollars. Um, and it plugs into the back of the G five pro with a USB C port. Um, it's got a 600 lumen floodlight, which is just insane. 
how 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 bright is 600 lumens? I I, I don't have a reference for that. <laughs> 600 lumens is actually I know I know what a good test is. If we look at the floodlight, the smart floodlight, and I've got one of those. Um, I've, I've done a few views of them before, and we look at what brightness that has. That'll give us some reference. I'd imagine it's probably the same. Uh, that's 550 lumens. So it's about it's a little bit brighter than the the floodlight device itself. So, so, so you think you think this will be a positive add-on? Oh for yeah, the camera then. Yeah, it's got more more infrared uh, emitters inside it as well, so you get even better night vision. And there were some screenshots. This it's basically just color night vision. I think um, I was following. I follow someone on Twitter who's already installed one, um, and he posted a video of the color night vision, and it was looked pretty good. Yeah, color night vision's all the rage. I remember, I think Hike Vision kind of started that, and then I saw Wise cameras have it, and if Ubiquity's yeah. bringing it, that that'll put them in a that'll put them in a different class because it used to be cameras that had that were you know really expensive. Yeah. Um, well, but uh, what's quite funny is last episode, so the episode before last, we were talking about color night vision, I think, and you said, "Oh, that's the one thing that Ubiquity's missing," and then look what they've done—they've announced it. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll have to see if I can get my my uh, hands on on one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really it's it is definitely interesting the direction you know that they're going. Especially you know when you look at the the cameras before they killed the EA store. Uh, what was it? The they've got a a big camera that you can put uh, oh, basically the, prof- the professional DS- lenses on the DSLR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things, like, do you think that camera, like they had a high end customer that was like, we need a really awesome camera. And they're like, okay. And, uh, they just did it for that, that customer. And now they're, you know, selling it to everybody, you know, it, it, it'll definitely be because I know companies, especially companies that operate like ubiquity, they'll do that. Right. They'll have a a customer that's, you know, what we would consider, you know, a, a large enterprise and they want features. And so, you know, they, they crank them out, but, um, it'll be interesting to see how that, that, uh, line kind of evolves. Cause as I'm looking at the, at the cameras, right. You seem to have like, you've got the, the G five, yep. the G four. And I'm, I'm looking, I don't, Oh, they still do sell the G three flex, right? So they're still supporting those G threes. Yep. Um, but then you seem to have like the AI line. Right. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you've got the G line and the AI line. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of the next development with this is. I mean, they, and they've got, you know, the sensors, they've got the floodlights. I mean, they really are building a, a oh yeah a c- complete solution. Yeah. Um, and the PTZ and the AI Theta or Theta. So. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, um, the sensors and being able to tie this all in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't deployed any of the, the sense uh, sensors yet, but I I've got a use case for a couple of them. So, um, and I don't know, do you know, does it do water, water detection? It does now. Yeah. I've got one of them and the water flood, like what's it called? The, like the, uh, what's, what do they call it? Like the, yeah. If, if you've got a flood in the house or the business, it's like that wasn't a feature until, um it until very recently yeah there's like a there's like a case you put the the device in and it'll f- i guess it'll float if there's water oh. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really sure 
Uh, but you can only get that as part of the three pack. So. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So if you pull up the three pack, and it's only on sale in the US. In the UK, they haven't got it. So when you, I'm on the store, and when you click three pack, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't bring up anything about the uh, that that case. Oh, water. Okay, so under additional gear, yep, it says water sensor adapter only available in three packs. So yep. they must just ship it and have like a little uh, diagram or whatever, you know, to. Well, if you go into the installation, you if you go to the installation guide and scroll down to the bottom, yeah, very bottom, that's where I'm at. I think I did see it actually. It's very blurry. Uh, hmm. They must have removed it. That's really weird. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like a little case that it, it went in, basically. Um, that's yeah, so bizarre. I don't know. Yeah, it's not there. All it has is like the yeah. the corner mounting huh. brackets and interesting. Well, if you're anyway. listening to this and you're interested, go to the store and check out the Protect All-in-One sensor. After the break, we've got an interview with John Linford, who is a professional Ubiquiti installer, and I sat down to have a short chat about what he does and how he uses Ubiquiti hardware. UiChat is proudly recorded using Squadcast. Squadcast provides an easy and robust way to record video and audio podcasts. Use our referral link to help support this as well as future episodes. UiChat is also proud to be hosted with Castos. Castos provides an easy way to host podcasts and distribute them to all the top platforms, including YouTube. Use our referral link to help support this as well as future episodes. We've got a very special segment for the UiChat podcast now. I'm joined by John Linford, who is a his day-to-day job is installing networking hardware and specifically, well, most of the time, Ubiquiti Networks. So hi, John. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Alex. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Pleasure. So... Yeah, just to give some background on what you do. So I came across you on LinkedIn fairly recent, well, six months ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I noticed you do a lot of really, really cool uh, installs in large houses and different things, primarily using Ubiquiti equipment. So obviously, it's a Ubiquiti podcast. So what's that? What is that? What's the sort of uh, story there? Yeah, so I've just found myself, well, I found a bit of a niche, really, for installing, as you say, um, yeah, Wi-Fi solutions generally unify in, in, in very, well, in kind of medium to large residential properties, really. So, um, yeah, I just found there was a bit of a hole there. So, um, obviously, people in, in large houses, the the, the, the sole kind of uh, router, the sole access point that the internet service provide you, provider provides you with just doesn't kind of cut it, really. So, no. uh, there was a bit of a niche there. And I just, yeah, and, and these and these people needed kind of that Wi-Fi spreading far and wide, really. And, and um, there wasn't a better product out there than, than Ubiquiti. I just think it's got everything, really. It's a... Um, it's been described as pro user, pro prosumer. Sorry, hasn't it? So prosumer, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's obviously got more, more than you know, more more features than you could ever ever wish for. Uh, certainly in the in the residential environment, but it's oh, yeah. also, you know just priced very very well as well. So it's just priced at a point where um, yeah, you just don't cringe when you when you put in a, in a quote really for for these people. But uh, but now it just works oh, really really well. And with my background, so I used to work for uh, BT back in the day, and um, oh, right. you know, so that was where where I kind of started out in telecoms and I was forever kind of cabling in people's houses. So, and, you know, when you're doing that, you know, that kind of um, cabling day in, day out, you just become very good at it really. And you just learn tips and tricks to, to, to hide that cabling. So, yeah, so we, we physically cable our, our data points. We, um, sorry, not our data points, but our Wi-Fi access points. And then, oh, yeah. and then yeah. yeah, just the, um, 
the uh, the customers are generally blown away by the by the performance. So they've either typically only got one router in the in the corner of the you know the, the downstairs living room or something like that, or or they're struggling with like a um, a service provider provided mesh solution. So you know the BT whole home, right? The disk yeah. or or you know the Sky solution that they give you these series of nodes, the mesh solutions, and you kind of they wirelessly kind of talk to each other. Um, and obviously, as they as they communicate with one another, there's an you know an increase in, in latency and a, a degradation oh, yeah. in, in performance. So, obviously, with all, with all of our access points being physically cabled, it just um, it just means it doesn't matter which one you're connected to or underneath, you're going to get you know a gigabit backhaul and and uh, and super fast speeds. Um, you know, and what I kind of call on on my um, socials wall to wall Wi Fi, really. So, so yes, that's I love that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, the, I mean the products that we, I mean we used to install loads of um, AC lights. Uh, we can't get uh, the AC lights very easily now. They've not been in stock for for a good, you know, a good while. Um, but obviously, we typically uh, typically go for the AX lights now. You know, almost oh, yeah. standard really Wi-Fi six. And uh, yeah, in a, in a residential in, in a residential environment, we kind of install lots of those just because of you know how they're priced. Really, I think it's about hundred pounds, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, the back for for a, for a while. Yeah, it's pretty good access point. And the uh, the other favourites are the are the in wall access points as well. So, oh yeah, um, I just think they're great because obviously they're you know if you're kind of cabling externally, particularly on the ground floor, it's very hard to get an access point on the ceiling. So we can kind of make entry from the outside and install an in wall access point on on the wall and. Um, yeah, and the great thing about those is obviously they broadcast fantastic Wi-Fi, but you've also got that Ethernet connectivity underneath as well. So even with oh, a, yeah, definitely. with a POE port as well, if they're kind of got like a VoIP phone or, or anything like that, so uh, or a camera, you know, any, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that they're, they're kind of the two products that we, um, yeah, that we lean towards really. Um, then we kind of host all of our Wi-Fi solutions and all of our sites on a on a cloud controller, and it just enables me to, um, you know, to to offer great customer service then if they need a password change or if they've forgotten their password oh, yeah. or, if, or if we need to do firmware updates, then I can do that remotely without having to visit sites. So, um, yeah, so I've got a couple of, uh, yeah, cloud controllers. So I don't know whether I'm proud to say or, or ashamed to say, but one of them is on a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> so it's <laughs> off, off an external drive and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been absolutely solid and I run that at home and got like a static IP address at home and that's been absolutely bulletproof. I'm just very kind of uh, religious in, in backing up regularly and um yeah yeah definitely and i've got another one on yeah. a on a vm with uh with with linode as well so um kind of two controllers and and uh yeah fair enough sounds good how long have you guys been doing that for so yeah so um well a bit of a long journey really i've had so um kind of uh <laughs> i start I started out with bt back well i'm 40 years old now started out with bt back when i you know as an apprentice um, and I was really fortunate to have done a proper modern apprenticeship and then worked with BT for several years after my apprenticeship and then moved on to do other things. But there was then kind of moonlighting on on the side of, a, of another career doing telecoms. Um, and then we've been doing this full time now for, for yeah, 10 plus years, just over 10 plus years, really. Oh, wow. So, um, but yeah, so it started out data cabling, but as well as the, as the Wi-Fi data cabling, we do a bit of security and and um, just all things telecoms, really, a bit of VoIP, yeah. um, you know, any, anything IP and, and networks, really. So I've seen you guys using Starlink as well, aren't you? For yeah, so I've installed yeah five or six Starlink solutions now. So it's been yeah. an absolute game changer for some of my rural clients. I absolutely love Starlink. It's it's just uh, yeah, mind blowing, really. I just uh, yeah, <laughs> love, love getting on my hands on it. But uh, 
there are a few things I don't like about Starlink, and and then obviously a few things that I absolutely love. And the thing yeah. that I absolutely love is the performance. It's just brilliant. So I've kind of had rural clients that have, you know have not been able to achieve anything more than five meg download speeds. Yeah, um, when you install this solution, um, and they're kind of getting you know, 150 plus, it's just, yeah, it's just game changing for those clients, really. Um, one, can we talk about what I don't like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. About the, uh, about the Starlink. So, yeah, so I don't, I think it's quite Apple-esque in its design, really. So I don't like the proprietary um, leads. I don't like the proprietary cable that goes between the dish and the router um, yeah, so with the manufactured problem. ends. So it's obviously, it's a pre predetermined length. I think it's 50, 40 or 50 meters. I can't remember exactly. I think so, yeah. Uh, but I, don't like the colour. Obviously, it's grey. It's very hard to hide externally. And then you've got the pre-terminated ends on that cable. So you, if you do, if you're doing doing, sorry, an, a professional install and you want to put it on a pole bracket and then cable, obviously, into mm-hmm. the house, then you need to drill. I think it was like a 25 mil hole through from from the outside yeah. or from the inside out and to, to pass that connector through. So it just frustrates me why they couldn't use an industry standard like you know Cat five E, Cat six, and well, and uh, and it, it would make the installs just far. Yeah. Far, far neater, really. Well, the the beta. Do you remember the beta one? That actually had a that actually had a Peary injector. Yes. So actually, it had it actually had a. You could actually unplug it, and if you wanted to, you could probably. I think people actually cut the cable open and terminated it themselves. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so you just you just can't do that anymore, unfortunately. So it's just a little bit frustrating. And then, obviously, there. I think it's a bit tight. Really, not not getting Ethernet connectivity as standard. So you you know you get caught out with little things like the the wife the, the router is solely Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. So you need to um, so you need the Ethernet adapter to be able to connect it to a switch, or if you want any Ethernet connectivity at all. Uh, yep. And also, you can't. It's uh, very difficult. You can't. So, so when I couple the Starlink solution with it with a Unify solution, yes, um, I often um, put the Starlink router into a pass-through mode because what you can't do is bypass mode, yep. or you couldn't certainly when I last played with it. But you can't turn off the Wi-Fi um, on the router. Huh. So what what oh, happens right. then is it's kind of like a rogue access point on the on the controller. Yep. Um, so yeah, it'd just be really nice if you could turn off the Wi-Fi, just allow the Starlink to to do the routing, and then allow your Unify yep. gear that you've professionally installed to do the to do the Wi-Fi side of things. Really, so there, are, yeah. But without a doubt, it's just absolutely fantastic. It's been game changing. But those are just a couple of things that I don't quite like about the Starlink, really. But uh, you know, beggars can't yeah, choose us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I managed to pick one up for the. They did like an offer. I don't know if you benefit from, benefited from that temporarily. They did like a ninety-nine pound offer, didn't they? They did. Yeah, yeah recently. In fact, I posted about it on the socials because I thought that was an absolute bargain. So they reduced yeah, yeah, the hardware costs, didn't they, from around five hundred pounds to a uh, to hundred pounds or, or dollars, yep. it may be. Um, yep. But I, I, you know, I, I believe really for 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 what you're getting, I think I think the value value for money is incredible. Really, um, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I really do. But uh, yeah, I've got a whole a whole site actually. Almost there's um, it's a it's a rural site, and there are three businesses on the site. Um, it's really far away from the telephone exchange and, and there's no yeah. fiber there. So um, they are kind of <clears throat> back a while ago, I kind of installed some MicroTik uh, micro 4G solutions. Right, okay. Um, and that was uh, performing much, much better than than fixed line uh, broadband. Yep. Uh, but then they have since all upgraded to the to the Starlink. So I've got, yeah, one particular site and there's kind of, as you, as you, as you go in, you can see the three Starlink solutions there. So, <laughs> but I'm not sure if, have you, have you seen the, um, they do, They've got two services now, haven't they? It's like a residential yeah. and a business or a premium and a standard. That's right. Yeah, they have. I've not dealt with the business one and the faster speeds. I don't know if you've had any 
any. I've not. No, I've watched some videos on it. It's just a larger dish to get more gain from the antenna. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine it can pick up a better signal that way. There's also um, one you can use while you're moving as well. So it's a, it hasn't got a, a mounting bracket. It just You drill it to the top of a, uh-huh. a van or an RV and you can use it in, while in motion. Um, oh, okay. I'm not sure that's available here, but yeah. Oh, that's really cool. But um, but I do like that pack. So I wasn't aware of that particular dish, but I do like the the RV package that they do. Um, I watched that yeah. actually on Crosstalk Solutions recently, but they do a port, yeah. which is another one of my favourite channels. But uh, it's a pausable service, isn't it? So it's um, I think I think that's fantastic yeah. as well. Certainly for you know there are yeah. businesses. Um, I've, I've got a friend actually kind of uh, records uh, motocross and goes all over the world. And I just think that would be a fantastic right. solution for him, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, to be able to kind of pause the service when he's, when it's not in use and obviously, you know, throw it up when he needs to. And yeah, I just think it's, yeah, just game changing really. There's uh, you can almost, well, yeah, you can just get an internet connection anywhere. And, yeah, you can. Um, I might be doing a, lo- a local fate soon and, and helping them out with the broadband. And um, I've got an IT. That's a good way. Yeah. Yeah. So an IT company that I work closely with, Orbit's IT actually in Hales Owen. They've um, they've got like um, a Starlink solution that's available to them um, for kind of you know emergency deployments. I, su- I suppose. Yeah, that's good. That is. If yeah. Orbit goes down or whatever. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really really capable service. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, what kind of equipment do you use in the sort of the Air Max space? I, I gather point to points and yeah. So we do lots of um, well, we seem to do loads of point to point solutions and point to point to multi-point solutions for for people who've got offices and and um or office space at the bottom of the garden or um we did one recently for a um uh, for a scrapyard in birmingham and they had the main the, the main site on one side of the road and they wanted to be in the internet across and have an internet connection at a way bridge yeah. on the other side of the road so yeah, yeah we use the um the ubiquity the nano stations generally um coupled with the air cubes um and i just think it's an absolutely fantastic solution just bang oh, yeah bang. Bank, yeah. bank for book and you know these the, the nano stations the 40 pounds a piece i think they're yeah. thereabouts and the um all right yeah coupled on the, on the on the remote end if you couple those with it with the air cube i mean it's 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 fantastic value i think it's like a 60 pounds 60 or 70 pounds yeah. access point um yeah. but it also gives you um three ethernet ports which is which is fantastic but it also, it's also got 24 volts out which will power the It'll power the remote dish, yeah. as well so yeah, yeah you only need one ac outlet and yeah it's just powering the the whole remote system so your nano station and the air cube so install loads of those and, and yeah just purely because they're coming at a great price point really but uh, but yeah those those are the ones that yeah nano beams and nano stations they're the ones we use Awesome, yeah, yeah. I used a, we've used, I've used a lot of. Um, so I used to work at a Wisp before what I do now. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so we we use a lot of uh, sixty gigahertz devices. Oh, amazing. So, so I've I've got my internet connection at home. I've still got a, a Wisp connection in that I built myself, and it, we've actually got the Gigabeam, the Gigabeam sixties. Brilliant. So they're, they're really good, actually. Those they're a very good price point as well. Yeah, and do, do you do any work with the Unified Protect stuff? I don't actually. No, it's no. something that I'd like to to, to get involved in. But uh, no, we do do a lot of uh, IP based security. But um, yeah, I heard you talking about it last week actually on on your episode um, about yep. uh, Hikvision, Hikvision. Yeah. Um, so do a bit of Hikvision and and, and Dawa, Dawa, da, Dahua. I think you're supposed to say it. But um, no idea. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, not. Um, but I'd love to play with some of the some of the Unify. But um, yeah, I don't know if it's a. It feels like it. It's that. Um, Adidas watch kind of analogy for me, really. It's um, in the sense that I wouldn't buy an Adidas watch. Adidas don't make watches. They make trainers is, is my kind of uh, theory. So okay. I see Unify very much networking, but, uh, you know, how good and how reputable are they in the 
in the uh, in the security space, basically. So, um, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, uh, but I'd like to I'd like to give it a try. I'd like to work with it, but at the moment, yeah, just sticking to to what to what I know really, because I know that um, if I install a CCTV solution, I'm I'm going to potentially need to get it monitored, and I just don't know whether some of the monitoring companies will work with the. Um, I'm sure they would with. Oh, I see. I see what I mean. Yeah. Whereas I know, obviously, um, in that monitoring scene, uh, it's generally Hikvision and Dower and a, a few of the other bigger brands that you kind of... Yeah. They're, they're, they're I didn't think of that. Space. I didn't think of that scenario, actually. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Mm, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's just yet to be seen. But I would like to have a play, that being said. So some of the cameras look look really nice. And, and obviously, the yeah, great thing about, um, about Unify uh, across all of their brands is it just looks so sleek. Uh, so when there was that um, period of time when it was very difficult to get Unify stock, uh, for yep. some residential installs and small business Wi-Fi installs, we were using TP Link Omada. Um, and as good as TP Link Omada is, it just doesn't look as as sleek and as nice. Yeah. And you know, certainly the ceiling mounted access points, the TPO Link Omada, yeah, they they performed well, but they just didn't have the the same kind of uh, quality feel and, and quality look yeah. that the unit. Yeah, and yeah, and were the. No, I was just going to say the cameras just look absolutely fantastic, and you know they are. Yeah, really, really nice. So I've been using cameras. I think about twelve of them, and I've only had two die the last seven years. Oh, that's not bad. And they've been outside twenty four seven. Yeah, so they're very oh, good. They've got a lot of features now. I mean, you can the UNVR. You can stack them and get more capacity. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, uh, you've got license plate detection. You've got hmm. that PTZ camera. They've got can actually track people now. I'm not entirely sure how it works, but oh, amazing. And do they do? Of, have they got all of the AI that the um that the Hikvision and the Dower have got? And so you've got people tracking, vehicle tracking. Uh, there's like smoke detection. Oh wow! Like it can tell you if the, if it detects a smoke alarm going off. Yeah. And apparently, there's pet detection as that's coming soon. That's really interesting. And one thing I do like about the the hick or the hike, I know people say it in two different. Yeah. And the, and the dahuar is um what I really like about their cameras is they're doing the full color at night cameras. I'm not sure if Unify does Unify uh, do that. So, no. Oh, so no, they I didn't do that. That was a thing. Yeah. So um, in in that space, um, they do that now by rather than shining a, a an infrared light, they shine a white light. Right, um, and obviously it illuminates the scene, and obviously it gives you a color image rather than a grayscale image, which is which yeah, is amazing, yeah. really. For um, just gives you a, um, an extra depth um, to, to yeah. evidence, really. You know, I might be there in an orange top, whereas uh, in an IR field of view, I'd just be some kind of shade of gray. Uh, but the, yeah. the Dahua cameras, they um, they they've got two two lights built in actually. So that come dusk, the um, they'll go from um, like full color daytime image mm-hmm. to infrared grayscale and then yep. if it detects anybody in this in the field of view then they'll flip from infrared to to white light to give you that to, to give you that right image. but uh, and they also record sound so i'll have to have a look at the the spec sheets of that or unless you're uh, you know able to do perhaps a, another episode on it on, on this alex yeah or tell us about the yeah, be- if, if any of those features are available but to, if those features were available at the right at the right price point i'd definitely consider installing yeah installing that sounds but, impressive actually yeah yeah certainly with some of the clients yeah. that have already got the um almost like the unify um infrastructure um or ubiquity infrastructure at, uh, yeah what they might go for that it might make sense fantastic to talk to you it's yeah delight yeah, thank you show. um and uh <laughs> yeah if uh i'll, I'll yeah I, i'll in, i'll enjoy listening to, to this episode back and, and your and your future episodes what a great interview it was great to talk to john about what he does now let's get back to the ubiquity news well we'll gloss over the well unified talk went live in canada officially end of june it was it's been a been in beta for a while um so as of 20th of june it went live um and that doesn't support number porting just yet but um 
yeah, pretty much. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see the long term viability of this, especially as they keep they keep rolling it out. I, I don't want it to fail. No. You know, there's a lot of naysayers out there. You know, you, you see the comments, yeah. you know, about products coming and going and stuff. And I do want to see it be a, you know, something that we can offer long term. But I think I think support is going to be, you know, play a crucial role in that. Just jumping back to protect a little bit. So the next item, this was Unified Protect 2.8.28. Um, and this brought a much requested feature again. So big trend this time is the much requested features are coming coming to Unify Protect. Um, uh, G4PTZ or, uh, has now got people tracking. Um, so you can, based on the footage I've seen, uh, you can select an item or select a person. It will track that person until it goes out, out, of, out of view. So pretty good that that's a feature now. Yeah, and typically that was something too that wasn't available until you were on higher-end cameras. You know, yep. DAWA, Hike Vision, Axis. You know, you had to buy uh you know the licenses and stuff to do that auto tracking so it's it you know they they to their credit you know how many years are we into protect now four years into protect five years something like 2018 i think yeah so yeah five years and uh you know still doing new features still forging forward i mean they are playing catch up a little bit but i i think they're designing these cameras and everything from the ground up so it's not like they're piggybacking off of you know somebody else's design so um the next thing that I'm I'm wondering if they're going to do, because you can kind of already do this with with Synology and Axis and Hike Vision and Dawa, kind of mix the ecosystem together. But you could do, uh, you know, the cameras, the AI cameras, or even you know the the PTZ, feed it in, do some facial recognition if you have people's permission, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, do things like unlock doors, you know, with. Yep. Uh, access or uid or you know allow people into certain areas and and things like that i mean what's what's next Uh, a thermal camera you know what i mean yeah i i personally would love to see them come out with a with a thermal camera um because if they could do it at their price point that and the license the lpr I, i don't know what else they need um and and they could really be poised to take over a a huge segment of the market yeah Definitely. This release also also did global recording settings, so you no longer got to go into each camera and say, "I want the logo off, I want the name on, um, I want the want the cameras to record all the time." You can now do it globally, especially if you've got big big deployments. That's going to be an admin task that's removed, which is good. And I also have to wonder too. Uh, you, I think it was when it was still Unify Video, for some reason, I think I remember a thread where you could upload your own logo for the camera. Maybe that was a hacky yeah. community thing, but I would like to see that come to the cameras where you could put your, your company logo in there. Mm, that'd be quite good. And then we've also got, we, we touched on it earlier, uh, and then since we last recorded, or since the last episode of this podcast, uh, Ubiquiti had has now stopped uh, the EA program. Um, we'll have a bit of discussion about this. So, 13th of June, uh, that was the day it was announced. Uh, Ubiquiti, earlier to that, like prior to that day, the, the EA store had been removed. Um, and for just for reference, this is the end of the EA hardware program, not the software program. They've, they've come out and said the software is a really important part of the business, uh, the fact that people are testing software. But the program for hardware, they've now stopped. So, um, yeah, it's just, I just want to get your opinion on that because it's a massive change to how the company runs. Well... I know I've, I've heard some other creators be like really upset about this and, 
And, uh, you know, we don't have a public roadmap of where they're going, what they're releasing. You know, everything is pure speculation unless you know somebody inside. And uh, most of the time they're not talking. But um, I, if I wanted to change my perception of products coming and then leaving, right, if I wanted to kind of clean up that public image, this is the kind of move that I would make, you know, get rid of that EA program where a lot of products have died. Yeah. Um, and and just not have that be visible. I think, you know, they'll still be the old timers complain about it in two years. But people that are new to the ecosystem, they're never going to have experienced it. So they're going to have an entirely new outlook on Ubiquity and the products and things like that. I, I don't necessarily think there's a bad move. I'm not upset about it. No, there's definitely, they definitely really shouldn't be testing in public. Uh, I, well, <laughs> really. The yeah. biggest thing, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the examples I've got is the, the Unified Talk um, speaker. It looked like a UAP, but was a speaker. That that disappeared. Um I guess we can talk about it. It's fine. Yeah, that sort of just appeared and didn't didn't go anywhere. The, I've got one called the UISP LTE. It's like a yep. a light beam on steroids that that does four G, and that just disappeared. I'm still using it, but it's pretty good. Well, and and if you go online, you'll see people trying to find folks that bought those in the EA store, and they're paying big bucks for them because they sort of build networks around them, um, and they don't want to replace the entire infrastructure. So. Uh, you know, I still use, uh, what the heck was the name of that? Their, uh, their power over, uh, magic. their ethernet over power line. Yeah. Ether magic. I still use that. Yep. Um, and I get, you know, all the way out in the garage, I still get 50 megabits, almost symmetrical, uh, which is more than enough for a garage, yep. you know? So, um, and there's a few other, uh, uh, EA, uh, things, um, you know, that, that didn't make it out that are still floating around. And it's, it's interesting too, if you go to eBay and you, you search for ubiquity early access, you can see some of the stuff and, and a lot of the hoarders uh, or the, the scalpers were selling out there. Um, one time I had somebody from South America email me and needed some support on a product mm-hmm. and they were telling me what it was. And I just could not imagine what, what this i said can you send me some pictures of this and they had bought it on ebay yeah and it was it was supposed to be a usg but it looked like an edge router eight but with silver said unify on it um and you couldn't open the c i mean it had like usg software loaded on it right so here's something that made it to ea um that was never supposed to be released to the public then ended up on ebay this guy bought it couldn't get it to adopt, couldn't get it to work. So he emailed me and I was like, I'd never seen it. So I emailed my contact at Ubiquity. I was like, Hey, this thing's floating around. They took the guy's contact information. I don't know if they bought it from him to get it off, get it out of the, you know, the ecosystem or what, but you see all kinds of weird, weird, strange things pop up like that. Yeah, the way you described it, I just wondered if it was the uh, USGA XG, but it obviously sounds like something different. So I, I have the pictures. I, I, I'm not going to publicly share no. them, but it looks exactly like the uh, Edge Router 8, but it's silver and, you know, says USG on it. And very clearly uh, some sort of an early prototype that, that never made it to market. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, as I said, they it's not great to be testing in public and it definitely as you said it definitely removes that definitely tarnishes their image a little bit i mean imagine if 
Apple started testing stuff in public, it just wouldn't happen. So, <laughs> right, um, right, yeah. Well, and it'll it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. I, they haven't given any details that I know of about what's going to replace that program. But uh, if there's any chance that you know folks like you and I could get signed up for something where we could get that early access, yep, um, that would be great. Yeah, I mean we're all, we're already not supposed to talk about things that are that are EA, you know, according to the the guidelines. Yep. Um, and, and I, part of me has to wonder, you know, was the decision to remove that because so many people talked about it and, you know, to clean up that image, I, I don't think we'll ever know because I, I don't think they're going to tell us. No. So as a quote from Ubiquiti said, since external feedback for upcoming products is still an important part of our development process, we will be reevaluating our approach to pre-release hardware evaluations in order to better align with our quality goals and create improved collaboration between UI and our community. This program we've been out to later dates. So that that to me sounds like something will come at some point. So right, but yeah, as we mentioned, the software for EA is still staying around. Um, you still have to sign up for the EA program for that. So awesome! That's all the news we've got. What uh, interesting videos have you released recently that you want to plug? <laughs> oh, let me take a look here. Yesterday's video was how to clone your MAC address uh, okay. on a Unify OS console. So if your ISP is into you know locking you into um you know uh your your plan via mac address and uh -huh. you don't want to call them you know you can just clone the mac address uh the other video that i did was a call recording law so no matter whose pbx uh, you're using whether it's unify talk or another brand uh, if you are using call recording no matter where you're at make sure you understand the laws in your local jurisdiction yep. you don't want to run into any any problems there um Let's see. Uh, well, we talked about uh, how to rename your Unify OS console. Um, and really that that video was I, I have access to a few hundred uh, consoles and and servers. Yeah. And a lot of times uh, folks might just take them out of the box, plug them in. And so they're called, you know, Cloud Key Gen 2 or UDM Pro. And so um you know, whether I'm looking for it or somebody else, it's good to just have the name as personalized. And, and we recommend that no matter, you know, who the, oh, yeah. who the vendor is. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. The, the last quick video that I do think people should, should definitely watch is the Unify 7.4 switch port profiles video. Yes, definitely. Um, they did, they did change the visual aspect of how it works. Right. So everything under the hood is still working the, the same, but, to, to configure it works a little differently, looks a little differently. Things are named in a way that you might think they work or don't work. And so there's been a lot of confusion around that. And once you take a step back and, and kind of watch that video and watch mm -hmm. how it works, it becomes a little bit clear. Um, just know that by default, every port is still a trunk port. Yep. So <laughs> they didn't change that. Nope. They really didn't change the way that it works. They just changed the, the, kind of the the ui about how you go about thinking about it yeah that confused me the first time i saw it so i'm uh a helpful video to watch to get the gist of it so definitely yeah and then willie's videos those those videos he mentioned will be linked in the show notes and then you can check out uh willie's channel at youtube.com forward slash at willie how some very helpful videos there um yeah so a good month for news uh, thanks for joining me again um yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so as always, you can find this podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. For a full description of this show, visit the episode link in the show notes. 
And of course, check out the chapters complete with images to make your listening experience much more enjoyable. There's an ad-free version of this show available on Apple Podcasts that will help support this episode and future episodes from the interface. Thanks for joining me, Willie. And it's been a good episode and we'll see you again next time. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers.